Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello everyone, welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 1, season 23. We're back, we're present, whether we're correct or not, you can decide amongst yourselves. Um, we've got a full house as well, we've got, we, 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 we've got, we've got Jackie Boy banging. Hello Jack. Hello Tony, how are we doing? Well, we're alright mate, how's the puppy? Yeah, he's all good, thank you. He's uh, he's still going through his training. He's just had a week in Cornwall, and he's uh, yeah, he's doing well. <laughs> what are you like SAS training for dogs? He sent them to Cornwall. <laughs> well, you know, nothing that rigorous, but yeah, you know, had you to know, uh, point through his paces. Mate, do you know what? I, I have to take my hat off to you, right? That the lack of images of of him on social media, I have to really, really applaud you for. <laughs> what but, is that? Because most people would have images left, right, and centre of of their their new puppy, uh, and you're protecting you're protecting him. You don't want him to be part of the mainstream. You don't want people to know what he looks like, so he gets hassled when he's in the park and things like that. Yeah. I'm guessing you're implying that my social media is mainstream, like it's being seen by thousands of people and stuff. Well, you know, mate, you, 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 you're a, you know you're a, you know major podcaster in your own right now. It has to be said, major journalist and everything else. I, well, I, I only did the podcast because I just hate being micromanaged on your train set. So, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Oof. being micromanaged on my train set, hello Trev. Hi <laughs> mate, that's harsh isn't it? I thought so too mate, to be honest oh, with you. Oh come on, it's all in good humour. It was going so well, I was asking about his puppy and you know, we were... Yeah. We were we're having a, a friendly bit of back and forth, and then he's, being, being the cordial host you were, and then you get battered. Yeah, well, Jesus, well, we'd well. never do that, would we, Ray? No, no, well, not at all. Hello, Ray. Hello. How's your hard hat? Um, it, it's it, saving my head from uh, anything above. That's that, 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 there. You go. There you go. Well, that's it's doing its job. And we'll just let that sink in for a second. There you go. That's. I think this is what they call banter, boys. It's cutting edge, isn't it? It's cutting edge. The future. It I'm is. not sure people listen to this show for cutting edge, do they? I thought uh, you didn't like banter as well. I don't like that word, no, but it well, seems... Let's do more banter then. Oh, for fuck's sake. Maybe we should say bants. Maybe oh, that that's even maybe worse. Maybe Tony would really enjoy that. Oh. <laughs> um, no, let's talk about rallying, because that's why we're here, and that's why people download our podcast. Really? Yeah. Not dogs? Not dogs, not hard hats, not puppies. Um, not puppies. Um, that's a different one. That's, <laughs> it's very, it's very specialised. That one, Trev. Um, I think you have to go on the dark web for that one. Um, that's very specialised. So no, we, we were we were back because obviously last week was well, last weekend was Rally Croatia. We didn't do a preview for it because, as ever, we were all tied up doing different things. I was actually in a rally car for the first time in seven months, so which was quite nice. So I was away doing some tire testing. So uh, getting back into the flavour and getting in the mood of rallying again, and then obviously we had Croatia at the weekend. So. Um, Trevor Agnew, I'm going to come to you first and foremost. Um, you were you were all over it because we were getting messages from you left, right, and centre. Um, very very first lazy early point is um, was Cali Rovenpera's off on the first stage? Lack of knowledge, experience, or indeed just plain unlucky. Uh, if his car was understeering to the extent that he said it was, then maybe it's an experience, but who knows? We weren't in the car, but uh, it just didn't want to turn in at all. And he said he was having understeering problems. It was towards the end of the stage, so uh, 
I imagine that he should have backed off, but who knows. Uh, of course, Mr. Ogier had a big moment in the same corner, and a lot of people will say that he was lucky he got away with another one. Um, but he definitely got a puncture. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, different things, but I, I definitely think that he probably should have come out of if the car wasn't behaving the way it should, like the Honda drivers seem to do over the weekend, I've got a really, really big question. I'll come to, to Ryan Champion with this one, right? Um, the service, the surface looked very, very different. I think to, to perhaps we'd seen on, on, you know, on, on the normal conventional and WRC tarmac rounds. It looked very interchangeable and dirty in places and everything else. But, you know, the understeer, which obviously Callie's made reference to, and obviously the moment that, 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 um, that, that OJ had on the same corner. Is this just a case of people not Perhaps getting the new tyre working. Um, good question. Uh, I mean, you would think with obviously they, they they tested, and you would you would think they would have a handle on the tyre by now. Um, and you know, a little bit like Trev said, if if a car's understeering, then then surely you you sort of drive around it to a degree you know if anything it reduces your confidence so you wouldn't think you'd be pushing quite so hard you wouldn't think you'd still push to the edge of that understeer where you disappeared off the road um i don't know i think uh i think by now with these teams and with the information they've got they should be somewhere near with the tire yes maybe slightly different surface but like i said they've all tested so you would expect them to be on top of it but it is strange to you know to have a a, a kind of fundamental setup issue in the first stage I, I, you know, and that's that's kind of what I thought would have been first stage, Jack. Do you think um, there was a lot made of the fact that he was, he's, you know, Cali Rovenberg was the youngest ever um, driver to lead the WRC Championship? Do you, do, you, do you think that you know we don't know him well enough? We don't know him at all, not even well enough. But is 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 that something which you know is that a hindrance to somebody like him? Do you think? I think he's been in the spotlight for so long now that it's probably not something that affects him especially not like something he's thinking about at the start of a stage or or just before a crash so i don't don't really think that plays into it too much i i know it's something that the media talks about a lot and we like to play up stories and uh, you know make nice headlines and and get people interested which you know is is all part of of what the media does but i think someone like cali who's been on you know pretty much youtube famous since he was eight years old I, i really don't think there's you know too much of, of that creep in. I think, you know, between events, he will feel the pressure and he'll, you know, lead in the championship and, and really taking a big step forward is, is what it looks like has, has happened this year for, for him. Um, or he's at least, um, you know, before this event seemed to be looking like he'd added a bit of consistency and looked like he was able to kind of take it to the, to the top guys a bit more often. Um, you know, I think, I think the pressure would have been, um, you know, a kind of factor in between events, but starting a stage and, and during the event, I don't think the, these guys are so good. I don't think that that kind of thing really creeps in at that point. I'm just going to put it out there to, to, to all of you. You know, the, the, the finish that we had, the closeness of the finish that we had, and obviously we're hopping all around the event. We've, we've, we've done the start and we've gone to the finish in one fell swoop. Um, again, it feels like we should be making more of these things and you look at the top three separated you know by eight and a half seconds or whatever it worked out to be trev are we are we missing a trick is somebody missing a trick here is it you know we're, we're so passionate about it because we've grown up with it and we love it and everything else but 
I still don't see as we come to the end of this generation of car, um, and that's not, you know, I'm not having a pop at the car or ever, but you know, there was, this was all the whistles and bells and this was, you know, to, 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 to get people in. I would really love to know just how many more fans we've gained over this period of time. And, you know, should be making, be making more of these finishes and, and, you know, should it be more mainstream? I don't know. Well, yes, I, I do know it, it, it can, should be. Uh, so I'm just trying to get my head around what you're doing. So sorry, I'm I rambling and I'm, I'm kind of on a bit of a soapbox here. I'm kind of still annoyed by a lot of things. But, oh, sorry. <laughs> Angry, Tony. Yeah. Uh, well, I, clearly, uh, it is very exciting when the when the finish of the rally comes down to the way this one came down to. And, of course, Elvin Evans didn't lose it in the last corner. He didn't lose enough time even to lose it on the power stage. But... Uh, when you when you look at how close these cars are a lot of the time, and unless you're 100% committed with the aero that's on these cars in tarmac, especially when you've got the gravel on the road, on second passes especially, it's a huge thing. And people just, I don't, I don't know that a lot of the rallying public, let alone my friends who have got a passing interest in motorsport, just understand the amount of commitment that's needed to get the last little little bit out of these cars and it was clear it was obvious if you look at Hyundai in particular you look at Tannock and even look at Craig Breen uh, so Neville clearly can get that car working on tarmac and it's a good sh- shout that he, he should have actually won the rally if they hadn't had that dodgy tyre choice on Saturday morning which it sounds like if you read between the lines and you listen to Mr Adamo uh, Adamo even uh it sounds as if it was a team decision as opposed to driver decision, and that's a big call. Uh, so they could have effectively threw that rally away by picking their own tyre on Saturday morning. But Tannock clearly couldn't get on to the car. Andreas Mickelson couldn't get on to the car in tarmac. Seb Loeb couldn't get on to the car in tarmac. Me thinking back to Tommy Mack and the Mitsubishi days, where the only person who could get that car working consistently because he had a change of driving style was Richard Burns. Everybody else who went into that second Mitsubishi struggled with it. And maybe there's an element of that coming in here. Um, and clearly... Craig Breen was able to get his head around it because apart from the freak that is Sebastian Ogier, who won the par stage at the end, it looked like Craig Breen was going to win the par stage. So something clicked for him on that last stage, which, you know, over the rest of the rally, Tannock and him struggled. Uh, just the confidence wasn't there at the absolute limit on that 2017 type car. Uh, with all the arrow on it, as I said, given the conditions with the gravel on the road. That's a big problem for, for Hyundai. If they can't get that sorted moving forward with the other tarmac rallies that we have later in the year, and Tannock's fourth in the championship at the moment, if he can't get that car a lot more competitive in tarmac, his championship's over. Hmm. Um, right, I'll bring you in. I've, I, I, you know, and, and listen, Trev's gone into it a lot deeper than what I was going through, but obviously there was a, a story that that went out on Dirtfish with regards to, 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 um, or, you know, saying he, he wasn't at one with the car, uh, as, as it were. Um, I've never, I've, I've never really been, and maybe I'm being really unfair on, on Oitanak, I don't know him, but I would, since that big off, and I know he's had some results since then, but I've never really been convinced by him in the Hyundai. 
Uh, I mean, he's definitely not looked quite like the... Well, like you said, he, it's not that he hasn't had results. I mean, obviously, in uh, in Estonia, he was uh, he was awesome, as you'd, as you'd imagine. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's never quite looked like the Oitanak of, of old since he's got in that car, has he? Um, you know, he, he, let's not forget, he did have some good results. You know, was he, I think he was second in um, Sweden as well last year and, and obviously Estonia very very quick but um, something as, as Trev says you know he just hasn't quite gelled with that car and, and just doesn't look like the championship threat does he I mean when, we, when he went there um, we've seen Thierry Neville be in the shout for the championship over the last few years albeit maybe making some mistakes but um, Thierry's always been fast on his day whereas yeah definitely with, with Oi something something just uh, just isn't hooking up for him what do you see it as Jack are you like me it's just I, I don't know I don't even even seeing him in the overall still in year two to me he still doesn't seem quite right I'm in a I think I'm in a different country to to, to the other guys on this one I I, I feel like Oit's doing a pretty good job this year and uh, you know I know things haven't been perfect but he's 13 point, points behind Thierry Noble in the championship after his you know airplane crash in Monte Carlo when Thierry's finished all three events so yeah I think after three events um let's not forget Oit won one as well that you know things aren't looking too bad for him at all I don't think uh, I, I don't know if I'm just kind of missing something or if there's you know I, I appreciate you know he's not he's not won the first three rallies like you might have expected him to when he was at Toyota but he's in a different car now and he's you know it's a different set of circumstances and still feels like he's bedding a little bit high under I appreciate that but you know, I think the results have been you know, fairly decent. It's not been it's not been perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but given the circumstances and given that Monty crash, you know, I think uh, you know, I, I, I don't think things are looking too well, badly. Well, he, he, he finished. Like he, yeah, like and he, fi- he finished and he finished a minute and a half behind everybody in this rally. He struggled to get a point in the power stage, having saved his tires in the morning. It's just not working on tarmac, and it is a tarmac thing. You're right on snow and fast gravel, particularly. He's all over, it, and he is the driver he should, but he cannot. It cannot get this car sorted on tarmac. But that, to be fair, Jack, as well, just going back to that, you know, the, the epic accident with Monty last year. This year, he ran out of tyres. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know that, that was last year. So I know it's, it's a weird time, isn't it, at the moment? But this is year two. Yeah, this yeah, no, appreciate, appreciate that. I just, I, I kind of heard the guys kind of uh, referring to that Monte Crash last year, and you know things like quite, quite not sort of starting that, that you know particularly well for yeah. him last year, and you know, totally appreciate that. And yeah, you're right, you know the, the, the there was no crash in Monte this year. He was just retired with the, the tire thing, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, it, from a tarmac perspective, totally agree. He's he's definitely out of sorts, but I think you know as much of that is down to you know how good the area is on tarmac with that car and. Uh, you've seen it through various iterations of that it's when he now through various upgrades and, and updates that he's been pretty spectacular in that car and um, on, on tarmac and yeah there's definitely something something going on there and I think uh, Trev's example of um, Mackinac at Mitsubishi was quite a good one in, in the sense that you know there's, there's obviously one guy who's able to you know Drag the drag the the speed out of it and adapt the driving to to make it work. So that's quite an interesting uh, thing. Even you know um, even now, so long after that kind of Mackinac era, that things like that still happen. Um, I'm just gonna. I wasn't gonna do this, but just just quickly, yes or no from from all three. Of you. Um, Tanak Hyundai next season, Trev. Uh, yeah, where is he gonna go? 
if he's not in Hyundai. I, I don't know that. <laughs> I do love a yes or no answer, Trev. I really do. Uh, <laughs> yes, because there's nowhere else for him if he wants to get paid. He'd have to bring money to Ford, and I think it'd be hard to get back to Toyota. Thanks for the yes or no. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Champion. <laughs> Are we sticking with the S or no? Can we yes, please, it? for the love right. of God. Um, I'm going to go no. Jack? Yes. Okay. And I'm going to go with Ryan. I'm going to go no. So we're 50-50 as a group. That's fine. That'll do. That'll do. Um, I just want to go back, Trev, to something you said before about, again, I, I kind of had it. Uh, I, I had some bits and pieces I made notes of when I was watching some of the footage on my phone. And I've just looked at it now. Um, and it was with regards to what Adamo said about the tyre choice. And we have to stop relying on look and work better. What a great line that is. Mm. What a great line that is. Obviously, just me who thinks that. <laughs> it's fine. I didn't know what you want me to say on it. It, it just was, uh, there seems to be team decisions being made in Hyundai now, which uh, aren't going the way that they should go. So uh, <laughs> no better man than Adamo to sort that out. But it just was a strange tire choice, I felt. No, it was compared to to everybody else. I think... I think one thing that we can say that's that's come out of this this rally for me, um, just moving a little bit further down the pecking order, Jack, is um, I think uh, Taka looks a proper driver. I think I think this performance for me, uh, and we all know how good Dan Barrett is alongside him. This performance for me has taken him away perhaps how he's been seen by 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 some rally fans as as, as a token driver almost um and i think he's he, i think this is where he showed he was proper yeah it makes a difference from him rolling twice in a day on an erc event or something doesn't it you know he's properly turned it around and i think it's just uh you know i think we all know the the kind of reasons why he's in the car and the support the the level of support that he's getting but i think that's worth pointing out because you know 20 years ago that might have happened where a driver gets you know, two or three years to get up to speed in a car. And we just don't see that nowadays. I don't think as much, um, or, or you don't even see drivers get into that elite level because they've not been given that chance sort of lower down. So, you know, the fact that he's been so well backed, I think there's many drivers out there who without his backing wouldn't have made it to maybe even WRC2 level, but at least wouldn't have made it past WRC2 level or whatever it's called now, Rally 2. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think he's been well backed and, Toyota are now reaping the benefit of that backing um, and, you know, fair play to them. You know, it's, it's it's maybe a bit unfair that there's other drivers out there who've probably, you know, performed at a higher level quicker than Taka did uh, are not at this level now. But, you know, you can't go around and tarnish, you know, every single driver in the world with that brush, can you? It's it's not fair. And, you know, Taka's worked hard to get his back in. He was, he was good in single seaters when he was there and, you know, has, has earned the support of Toyota and, you know, what they've asked of him has taken a long time. But now we're starting to see you know, what he's capable of doing when, when he's given the seat time. And, you know, that is, uh, you know, a token to them and, and what they've been able to do with Taka and him actually delivering on his potential. Uh, right. Um, Taka, and, and I suppose we can't not talk about Adrian Fumon. Uh No, I mean, Adrian Fumon was a, a great performance. Um, you know, we've seen some good, some, some very good performances from him in, uh, in Rally 2. And, 
I guess to to some degree it's maybe not a surprise, but um, it, it was just nice to see M Sport have something to get excited about again because it seems to have been a long, long time since we've seen you know anything for them to be positive about, and, uh, and obviously they've been on the on the back foot um, defending things, and uh, yeah, it was just great to see uh, an M Sport car going quickly, and uh, yeah, let's let's see how for more develops um i think it's been confirmed now for uh, for portugal as well um so yeah let's see see what he does on the gravel but certainly on the tarmac he, he he's got uh, fantastic potential absolutely absolutely um jack just going back to obviously drivers getting the opportunities and stuff you have to say you know adrian foremost it, it is one that's come about almost in a blink of an eye you know, he, he, he came to rally in relatively late compared to, you know, some of his counterparts. You know, you think about, you know, I suppose we talked about Calais at the top and you think about Oliver Solberg, you know, obviously through family connections and stuff. And we, we've all known about them. But this is somebody that's come to it just who, who gave it a go in the in the scheme of things. I think quite late in life, I think 2021. Yeah, well, I think he's been rallying about four years now, hasn't he? Off and on. Um, but, but yeah, you know, at this, at this kind of level, everything's coming in very, uh, very thick and fast. And, you know, it's great to see him get an opportunity. Obviously, Malcolm kind of identified Adrian a few years ago and has been keeping an eye on him and helping him out and giving him, uh, giving him bits and bobs to, to keep him going. And, you know, Adrian brings a bit of FFSA support and Red Bull and Yako and some, some decent brands behind him as well. So that's a, that's a good combination of having a bit of sponsor backing and also having, uh, you know, Malcolm behind you because, you know, we all know what Malcolm can, you know, potentially identify. Um, you know, he's not always got it right, but some of the drivers that he has brought through M Sport in the past obviously don't need to be talked about because anyone listening to this podcast will know all about them. So yeah, I think, you know, what, what part of the battle is, if you can convince Mark and Wilson that you're a you know future talent, then you know that's a that's a big box tick, isn't it? And a big uh, you know something that you can take not only to to M Sport, but you know if you did ever look at other teams, you know the fact that Malcolm's endorsed him is a, a big thing. So yeah, uh, I'm quite impressed by his, uh, his his quick rise, and I think obviously his off was um, you know one of them things where you know kind of judging that on a you know, a case by case basis, it was a bit disappointing, but also you saw how many people made mistakes on that rally and obviously how difficult it was with the surface and varying sort of car setups based on, you know, how they were reacting with the surface as well. So for him to, for him to make a mistake was, was a bit, you know, a simple one like that was quite disappointing, but at the same time, you know, saw how many experienced drivers had little offs and stuff like that. So definitely agree with Ryan. Really, you know, I'm not getting carried away or, or uh, not too blown away at this stage. I really want to see him you know, do this on a consistent basis and not just on, on one rally. And I think Ryan was right to point out the, the gravel aspect is something, you know, I think he's, he still needs to show a bit more pace on gravel. So that's going to be interesting in Portugal, but his performance in Croatia is in, in that drive in, in Portugal that wasn't decided before the, before the rally. So obviously Malcolm's happy with the performance and yeah, good, um, good all round, I think. You're on mute, Tony, if you're talking. Right, what what uh, what Jack's just said there really resonates with the fact that um, when we had John Millington on the other week, we were talking about how Malcolm kept kept his eye on um, drivers, and he used to come in on certain days and say, you know, have you have you seen some so and so's had this result and so and so's had that result, and this is another one, isn't it? Uh, yes, um, and, and we've seen M Sport consistently do it, haven't we? And uh, and they've also courted uh, French drivers of late because, um, well, isn't it isn't it interesting? Finns and French drivers. What's the common denominator there? 
Mm. Moolah. <laughs> Once again, we're there. <laughs> not, not from Yorkshire. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. There's less funding sources from Yorkshire, shall we say? But, um, but nonetheless, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's a, a fact of life, as we all know, in, in motorsport now. Uh, there's got to be funding there to make the step up, hasn't there? As simple as that. So, um, we we're used to M Sport following the the progress of uh, of exciting young talents, uh, and dare I say, particularly if they've got funding, because it's it's necessary nowadays, isn't it? Plain and simple. Trev, is there something to be said for, and I know we, we, we kind of made reference to this a little bit last year because it was such a short and championship, but the fact now we are getting these new rallies thrown at us, uh, or rather the drivers are getting these new rallies thrown at us. Do, do you think there's, uh, do you think this is a very different type of championship to win? Because, you know, the, the, for years and years and years, we had very, very, you know, repeat, you know, repeat rallies, repeat stages. And, you know, it was a lot of the time it was honing, existing notes and things like that the fact now that we are getting these completely new rallies um putting into the championship and the drivers are having to go out in places they've not been before do you think it makes the championship even bigger in some ways than what what it actually is rather than just being one of those repeat years not necessarily bigger but certainly more interesting no doubt about it and i think uh prior to the rally uh, the, the drivers are trying to get their heads around what the character of the roads are going to be like. You heard various descriptions of them, but I don't think anybody envisaged just how tricky it was going to be. There's a jump on the first stage in particular, if you were watching all live, that caught quite a few out. And those are the things that are different to going to a rally every year and knowing all the danger spots and knowing that's Taka's corner, this is that, that's Fiari Mata's corner, that's the jump where, you know, all those stories that everybody knows about prior to going to the rally because I've seen it. Uh, so that adds to the excitement. It's also really interesting for me to see how different countries um, go about running the first rally. We saw Estonia put on a fantastic show last year. And Croatia, I think, from the outset, uh, what I saw anyway, did a, did a really good job. So uh, it definitely makes it exciting, makes it interesting. Just go back, if you don't mind, quickly to Katsura, to Tataka. Just his consistency now, three, six and a row. Oh, we've lost you there, Trev. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, I think that level of consistency now is really important. That he's got that 4 mo for me is the real deal as well. So I just want to go back and, and mention that to get into a world rally car on tarmac in those conditions and a brand new rally and perform the way he did is just phenomenal. Very much so. Very much so. Um, uh, before we, m- we move away and we get to some other bits and pieces I want to discuss, boys, um, We've we've not really the, the championship. Jack doesn't look any different from a, a lineup lineup of drivers than what it did two or three years ago. Is that is that solely down to credit Sebastian Ogier? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we just know what Sebastian brings to the table now, don't we? We don't, but it's just the same pretty much every year. You know, whatever car he's in, you know, he's going to be. Uh, you know he's going to be a championship contender, and he's going to he's going to take everything down to the last rally, and you know that's just the the top and bottom of it. I think you know Elvin's performance at the weekend. By the way, how many times is he going to lose a rally by less than a second? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully not again. Not hopefully, yeah. not yet. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully, never again, because he's come that close to so many rallies now, and it's it's usually Thierry he's behind, isn't it? But yeah, another one to uh, to Sebastian. But yeah, sorry. Um, back on topic. I think the 
Yeah, the top five, the or even the top six of the championship, as you look at it now, with with Craig in sixth and, and Cali in fifth. You know, I think I think we're, we're we're in a bit of an interim period, obviously, with the the drivers that we've got. I think you know Cali's starting to establish himself. You know, you're hoping Craig gets a few more rallies, and, and Taka, as Trev pointed out, has had quite a few six in a row now, and is is like punching. Uh, you know, starting to punch a little bit more. Um, towards the, the the front guys as well, which is which is to see. But we're also seeing people like Oliver Solberg and Adrian Formo popping up, finishing, you know, fourth and fifth. And you know that you, you do have to consider the fact that some of the the guys up front are looking at points, whereas obviously Formo and Solberg, the lights off, can just turn up and just go, you know, as quickly as their budget allows them, <laughs> and 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 you know, attempt to to impress whereas obviously the you know the rest of the front running guys are, are fighting for a championship but I think the fact that we are starting to see people like Adrian and, and Oliver coming and you know, deliver strong results on kind of one-off basis is like a good sign for you know two or three years time when they start to get you know bigger and you know more consistent chances in the car so yeah you know you're right to point out that the championship you know at the front has not changed a, a whole lot in in recent years but I think those kind of signs pointing towards you know, people like Adrian and, and Oliver are, are good signs. I was disappointed to see that Adrian, I don't think, yeah, I watched the, the YouTube highlights package back because despite trying to keep quite closely up with the event over the weekend, I really struggled to sort of, before we were doing Absolute Rally, I was thinking, what's Tony going to ask me? And I was thinking, well, there's probably about 17 things he could ask me and I need to go and, you know, just refresh my memory and try, try and make sure I haven't missed anything. And I watched the YouTube highlights sort of package on uh, the, the WRC put out and there was no mention of Adrian which I thought was quite unusual and uh, you know Oliver got a you know a bit of uh, publicity um, on his debut and you know his first couple of rallies and I was a bit disappointed to see that Adrian had put in such a strong performance and, and didn't really get any sort of time on, on the video I know it's always difficult with these kind of things where you're trying to pack everything in and it was such an exciting rally up front but I thought you know the, the WRC needs to be promoting its future talent especially when it's so difficult to actually reach the WRC. So, you know, I was a bit disappointed to see that, that not getting, you know, a bit more of a significant coverage. That, you know, you know what? That, that's that's sounds remarkable. Like Jack Benyon is doing homework and prep for this. I know. I know it's, it's, it's Jack Benyon, since he's got his own train set, has become very professional. Jesus. Was yeah. I not professional before? I'm quite offended. No, no to be fair, you're a lazy ass. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's just putting pressure on the rest of us now. It is. All I've been doing is swatting up all the way through that. I didn't listen to a word you said, Jack. I was just making sure, making sure I knew what had happened. It makes um, my 30 seconds worth sounding significant now. It does, yeah, absolutely. Preach, brother, preach. <laughs> um, do you know, away for it, well, on the same, the same note in, in some ways, there was a drive of the weekend for me, um, not not overall, but there's a driver who 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 wasn't really mentioned, uh, who has been consistently quick in a car which many people thought wasn't particularly the car to be in. That's uh, Osberg. In, absolutely. That 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 is exactly where I was going to go. Thanks, Jack. You're welcome. Um, you know, Mad Mads is no young spread chicken, but. He is one of those drivers, um, I'll come to you first, right? He's one of those drivers who, who has been written off over the years despite having seats, you know, supposedly he always paid for his seats and things like that. But, you know, now he's putting a rally two car, R5 plus whatever, um, into positions where in front of, you know, world cars or in and around world cars. 
uh, hey, I have to say, I, I was really impressed by that drive because, uh, like you said, I mean, Mad has always been quick at front running world championship level without, you know, ever threatening to be a, a title contender. Um, and yeah, maybe seen as more of a gravel snow driver, but that, but that was a great drive from him with, you know, some, some really good opposition. And, uh, as he said, maybe not even the most fancied car, but he, he came back in having, um, been out since uh, since last year, and and just did a very professional job. Um, I mean, Timo Sunnenen as well. You, you've got to say he did a pretty good job. He was only what thirty seconds or so behind Mads, and obviously Timo's not had much recent experience in those cars. I see him sport built a brand new car for him for for that rally. But uh, you know, I thought uh, another hope for him was that he would win rally two but i think that was a big ask with uh you know relative lack of experience but what is interesting we, we've seen some of the uh the front running guys so the the mickelson's now sunnen and osberg go back to rally two level and actually be uh, you know be dominant at that level be the fastest at that level so interesting whether whether it's their experience or or whatever it is but um you know they're able to go back to that that level and, and be consistently quicker than um, most of the uh, younger pretenders, if you like. Okay, Trev. Um, following on from what Rice just said there, do we see a Mickelson and Osberg back in a World Rally car in the new generation next year? Only if there's enough space for them. So if you were, there's three drivers then, Osberg, Sutton and, and Mickelson. If you were a manufacturer, which one of those three would you pick? So first, I'll go back to the Citroen. The Citroen and Mads first got into it. The R5 cars it was back then. He was got very frustrated with it very quickly, but that car is very well sorted now. If you look over the results of the last nine months in particular, that is a quick, consistently fast car uh, in his hands, definitely. So even just narrow it down to Osberg and Sunan, and if you wanted one of those two guys in your manufacturer team, which one would you choose? Um, the fact that you have to think about it <laughs> means that, you know, Mads is doing a really good job. Yeah, no, absolutely. Listen, I, I, I think he's, I, I, I think he got a really, really bad time to begin with because clearly he was, you know, what people, you know, we, we, we see it with, with various drivers at the moment in, in WRC and in other motorsports, you know, they've come with family money or whatever it may be. And I think it, it's held against them. And, you know, Jack, I think last time you were on, we, we kind of did a tongue in cheek thing about people who bring budget and we had a bit of a giggle about it. Um, but I think Mads is still tarred with a brush. And I think that detracts a little bit from the talent that he clearly has. But that's 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 potentially a jealousy thing. So Timo Sunanen comes with budget as well that he'll have to pay back. Mads necessarily won't have to pay that family money if he like back. Even Adrian Fomor. Let's let's yeah, just of course they're all the same. You it know. might be more sponsor orientated if you like, but it doesn't matter. It's all they're all funded yeah. one way or another. Yeah. Right. So um there's a couple of bits and pieces I want to I'm just conscious of time, by the way, boys. We've had uh we've had a couple of emails in, um, which I'm just gonna quickly, quickly blast through. So just if I can get your thoughts on this one. This is from Auntie, who uh He's, he's always on Twitter and stuff. The last JWRC champion to win a driver's title was Sebastian Auger, JWRC champion in 2008. The last 
JWRC champion to win a WRC event was Elvin Evans, JWRC champion 2012. The last JWRC, JWRC champion to start, w, in a, to start in a WRC car was uh, Stefan Lefebvre. JWRC champion 2014. The last JWRC champion to win WRC2 was Pontus Tiedemann, JWRC champion 2013. Um, basically, the the question he asks at the end, is JWRC a vehicle, if you pardon the obvious pun, to get a driver anywhere anymore? Um, can I go? Don't go. talk over anybody. I think it comes back to funding again, doesn't it? Um, because... It's the next level. You win JWRC and then what? And and don't get me wrong, there's an incredible support package at the end of that, but you still need funding. You, you, you need funding to, to be there consistently, uh, week in, week out, testing, driving the car, you know, at, at Rally 2 level after that. Um, uh, yes, I think it, it definitely still has a place. I mean, obviously, I'm going to say that because I'm a huge fan of one-mate championships, and, and generally in a one-mate championship, the cream rises to the top. And so, uh, yes, I certainly think it has a place. The, the problem is, no matter how strong the support package is for the prize, you still need some outside funding, and, and that's difficult to get, and only certain drivers have it, as, as we've just talked about. Um, so, you know, it, and, and not only that, the other the other thing, I think it points to, and we've just mentioned it with the drivers we were talking about in terms of the Osbergs, the the Sunnanans, um, the Mickelsons, um, Lefeb, uh, Pontus Tiedemann, all great drivers, incredibly fast at Rally Two level, but then at the top level, it's just a bit different, isn't it? For whatever reason, you know, WRC car is harder to drive. It's harder to get the best out of. And there is only certain people can do that. And it, it takes time for that to happen. We saw it with Oak Tannock. It took, took a while to develop. We've seen it with, with Elvin Erfins. It's taken a while to get to that very top level. There's very few come in like a Loeb or an Auger that can drive these cars at the top level as fast as they'll go at a very early stage. And uh, development takes money. Jack? Not a whole lot to add, really. I think Ryan did a brilliant job of explaining the situation there. Just the only thing, the only other thing I'd say was that, you know, the, we've seen people not go to JWRC, um, and either just do like random events or just immediately go into an R5. So, you know, the, the kind of the ladder towards making it has become less clear, I think. Um, you know, the people who've got the money can go and jump in an R5 and get on the pace a bit quicker or, or spend their time learning there because that's the key. That's kind of the key level to prove that you're good enough for, for WRC, isn't it? I don't, you know, I don't think, I don't think Andre Adamo, for example, is looking at, you know, the, the JWRC and, you know, particularly saying, right, you know, we need to get this guy now. Um, you know, we need to get them in a car and, and get them signed up. You know, I think it's, you have to impress at WRC2 level if you're going to convince a proper matcher, you know, if you're not lucky enough to have enough money that, you, that you're going to be good enough to, to take a chance on. And if you have got the money, then you may as well go and do R5 and do your learning there, learn the rallies, learn the competition, and then and then compete there. So that's the only other thing I'd add. I think the you know, that's always been a thing in rally, and you could always go and spend some money and go elsewhere. But, you know, in the past, it's been important to go and JW, do JWRC because... The, like the WRC manufacturers are looking there and picking people out and you know I think paying more attention than they would do now in my opinion Trev before we wrap this one up of course it's uh, is there as part of the structure of a three to four or five year plan 
Uh, and to be in the Junior World Rally Championship, if you want to go in and set the place alight, you're going to have to have a program that includes your national championship, for example, in exactly the same car, ideally the weekend before you go to the World Round. Um, so you've got that budget where you're wringing the neck of the car on events where you've got a proper recce and uh, on your home ground. So you've, you've got a proper test program, and that's the first stage of it. Then naturally the second and third part will be through uh, the Rally 2 category, and again, you should have the budget in place before you start. And if you've got all of that, the way the French drivers come through with that budget and with a French manufacturer at the time involved as well, where they were funding it, they were using Citroën, let's call it Citroën, because Ogier and Loban through that. And the standout drivers in Junior World Rally Championship are the ones who go and dominate it. And if you do that, then you should be able to do the same in a Rally 2 car, providing you've got the budget. So as a structure, definitely look at the eight drivers who are out the weekend setting, what, top 16, top 17 times, blowing away a lot of, of Rally 2 cars. That's the difference. Okay. Okay. Just uh, one last Quick one, uh, Rick Berman, who dropped us a message over the weekend as well, he was talking about um, uh, Greiselin, who seems to have been let go from the Hyundai Junior program um, and now has Red Bull backing, um, but seems to be operating very much under the radar um, of the mainstream press. I just wonder, uh, and again, I suppose this is a bit of a, a quick one because I'm just conscious of time again, Right. Um, do you think there's something to be said for the fact that the likes of Nicola Greisling is now using a Polo as opposed to, um, you know, a Hyundai or an M Sport Fiesta or um, even, I suppose, a Citroen to some degree? You've got a very still got a very active motorsport program. Do you think there's, there's, there's something to be said for the fact that, you know, Volkswagen Motorsport don't really exist in terms of rallying anymore and people using those cars may not be getting the attention? Um, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lack of development going forwards. I'm sure at the minute, uh, Apollo's still a, a very competitive car, but you, you would have to think inherently that that competitiveness is going to drop off because there isn't the factory support there. Um, I'd imagine, I, I don't know uh, exactly Grising's situation, but I imagine it's it's the best commercial deal for him currently to uh, to drive that car. It is still a competitive car. He was going very well at the weekend and until he lost the power steering, I think, didn't he? And then he, and then he rolled in the end. But um, he was setting fast times. But again, Grising seems to be one of these characters that, that is capable of being as fast as anybody in a Rally 2 car. And then other weekends, you just don't really see a lot from him. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think um, he's somebody who's clearly fast, but um, maybe just hasn't shown that consistency. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, okay, boys, have we got any other business for this week? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jack, have you got yours? No. <laughs> okay. Right. I, well, I, I can lend you one, Jack. Yeah. What I'm going to do, I'm going to go to, to, to Ryan first, then Trev, and then you've had enough time to, to tickle the puppy's belly and get some inspiration. So, uh, Ryan Champion, uh, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> Uh, it was good to see uh, M Sport running the new uh, hybrid prototype uh, this week. I mean, we know it was tested uh, a few weeks back in, in Greystoke and that Matthew Wilson was doing some testing with it. But um, it's actually been in action this week. A lot of footage of it on the on social media. Um, and then actually, to be honest, to watch it, it doesn't look that far removed from a from a current WRC car. It makes all the right noises and uh, and you know the. the 
the test car doesn't look so distinctly different. So it'll be interesting to see how things develop. Um, one thing I noticed that it is quite significantly different, the roll cage. If you look at the roll cage, you'll see... Yeah, I was own, just about to mention yeah, that, actually. I mean, that's quite wild. Something you'd see in NASCAR, isn't it? And uh, and obviously, we've got to support safety, but it but it is quite interesting, if, if you haven't seen that, to see where there's a, a side impact bar is, is literally in the middle of the front door. So uh, it looks... It looks odd, and I'm sure getting getting in and out is not so easy. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess that's a safety development, and uh, good to see the car out, and let's let's see how things develop. Trevor Agnew, uh, just the absolute success of the drivers from the island of Ireland over the weekend. So clearly, John Armstrong and the juniors uh, with Phil Hall alongside. First time that partnership worked absolutely brilliant. Built the pace up. Guy, guy, guys are with us at the end of the podcast, Excellent. just so you know. Okay. There you go. Also, William Crichton and Liam, uh, Liam Regan. And again, some brilliant times, first time out. Certainly a big eye-opener for those guys. But to go there and perform the way they did, fantastic. Josh McArlan and Keaton Williams, of course, in the States, finishing third overall. And... Uh, and they're up next yeah, after we finish this we bit there you go yeah. fantastic so that alone is brilliant <laughs> now Jack's any other business Jack was thinking I have got much. any other business I was only being sarcastic when I said no I wasn't going to come on the podcast about any other business was I alright ok go on then <laughs> go on Jeff no, I was going to. I was going to. No, 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 we're, we're done that. Go on, Jack. It's all, Sorry, it's all I, you. I didn't mean for that to be argumentative. I was just pointing out that I, that I, I was just being sarcastic when I said no, but that was, that was all. Awkward. Should, should I go then? Really awkward. No, no don't yeah. go. Just tell us you're in your business. <laughs> <laughs> Have a birthday, Trev. I wanted to ask the guys and anyone listening to Absolute Rally if they want to message in and kind of jump in on the on the debate but the first part of it is what made Croatia so entertaining and what made it such a close finish so was that the fact that the event was new and everyone was kind of put on an even even playing field because the surface was so different and you know quite different to tarmac rallies that we used to in the WRC as well you know to uh, to a certain extent was that um, you know the kind of main reason why the the, the field was so sort of level or was that a, a kind of symptom of where WRC tarmac rallying is at right now and you know the fact that everyone seems to be um, you know so even whenever we come to these tarmac events is is quite significant and also has Croatia made a big enough of a statement to join the the WRC in the future do we think for you know for years to come because we've had so much talk about events like uh, Kenya and Japan and um, obviously the Acropolis. I think, you know, obviously the pandemic played a, a big part in stopping some events coming back onto the calendar. But, you know, Croatia is a bit of a surprise one and a bit of a left field one to a, to a certain extent when it when it kind of, um, you know, came into being talked about. So, yeah, I guess, what do we think caused the, the fact that the finish was so close? Uh, and also, has Croatia done enough to, to present to the WRC? I'd love to see it back on the calendar. I really enjoyed the whole event. Um, it was it was the one I've probably watched closest this year, I'd say. And, you know, just really enjoyed the whole, um, you know, the whole storyline. And to be honest, I think it was just, it just had a bit of everything. Like it even had Sebastian Ogier crashing into some bloke on a road section that we haven't even talked about on the podcast. So, you know, what more could you want from a WRC event? I see. I think he was crashed into. Uh, well, yeah, you know, that's the the, the semantics of it are uh, a whole other. There's a great there's, well. a there's a great image going around with a, with a, a Photoshop of of, of Gwyndaf driving yeah. said BMW, <laughs> which is brilliant, which is brilliant. Um, 
Answer, yes, I would love to see Croatia stay. Um, and I agree with you from the, from what I managed to see. Having a mere of a weekend of trying to get the, the all live working. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm enjoying all the new rallies, Jack, in answer to your question. Um, Trev, thoughts? Uh, yeah, it's just from the, from the start, because you had the drama of Calais in the first stage and then um tire choice and whether to take one or two spares was another thing and of course saturday morning completely changed it with that hyundai tire choice but the sunday was just incredible Ogier just again took it to a whole new level if you think about what happened on that morning on the way to the first stage and the way not just he but also Julian is in the car alongside and wearing goggles and reading pace notes if that's going to distract you you know it's just the way they were able to cope with everything and still do what they did the whole way through the rally on the last day was incredible. Um, again, we shouldn't be surprised at that level of mental performance from Ogier, but that was just one part of it. A couple of occasions, he allowed the others to put their foot on his throat, but nobody pushed hard enough and they let him away with it. Um, and that's it as well. You know, It's just the fact that uh, just a combination of all those types of things uh, uh, worked. And, of course, in the Rally 2 category, it was quite exciting as well. And juniors had a special interest in that. Really. But, um, Brian Champion, quickly. Um, I think we should just point out, Trev, nobody actually put his foot on the throat, you know, before we go, go down that, that rabbit hole. But, um, yeah, no place. <laughs> <laughs> no rally drivers here you're in the making of this podcast uh, yeah I, I mean uh, two things fantastic performance from Ogier still think he was lucky to get away with what happened uh, off the stages but we could have a long debate on that one uh, but as a rally great excitement um, you know jumps narrow stages through the villages gravel it was a great backdrop for the rally I thought you know I saw somebody on social media I don't normally like tarmac rallies but this one's great and it was you know it just really exciting good to watch um, and spectators Again, another rabbit hole we're not going to go down. But, God, there were some spectators in the background, that's for sure. No, they were all cut out. They yeah. were real. Obviously. Not more than 25 on any one corner. They were all in the same bubble. There you go. Um, Big families. My, yeah. My any other business, Rye, which is something I'm sure uh, you will be aware of just while we've been off air for the couple of weeks we've been off air, obviously there was some horrendous news that came out. Um, with regards to Richard Parry Jones, um, we didn't, obviously we've not been around to talk about it. Somebody, I'm guess you would have encountered, uh, at some point in, in, in your career, uh, not a name that everybody probably, uh, is aware of, but probably should be for what he did for the, the Ford brand and obviously the relationship between Ford and M Sports and, you know, the, I think the KA was a big part of, 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 of part of his legacy which became such an important um car for Ford and also uh, you know one make championship also going back to one make championships all over all over Europe um you know sadly passed away on the 16th of April and and such a, you know again you talk about people helping drivers you know very very big part of, of Elvin Evans's early career yeah, it, like you said, uh, he was a huge figure in, in Ford Motor Company, you know, group vice president and uh, um, uh, I forget his title in engineering, but he really had 
a big input into the cars, like you said, in the development of cars. He was instrumental in um, in Ford's handling, been fun cars. You know, we, we saw a generation of cars, whether it was uh, the Focus, the Puma, the KA, the Fiesta, whatever it was, they were all good fun to drive, regardless of the cost of them, and, and he had a huge hand in that. But as you said, uh, a big motorsport fan. Um, I actually met him when when I was involved with the with the Puma, and uh, I was down at a test at Dunton, and there was actually a Ford GT40 on shore that day, and I remember he turned up in one of the Focus RS development cars, but then proceeded to get into the GT40, take it for a run around the track, and actually have the biggest spin in the world in it, um, and we were all stood there not sure whether to laugh or just pretend we hadn't seen it when he pulled up but anyway he got out of the car laughing so that was it we could all have a laugh at him uh, spinning this priceless Ford GT40 um, and uh, just a nice guy a big fan as he said of motorsport got involved in the one mate championships himself did the, the ST championship and uh, yeah did the, did the K- well he's he well. did the KAs yeah. as well yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and and like you said uh, we it's not often you get key players in a major car company who were rally fans and, and we've seen the benefit of that with toyota recently and uh, richard parry jones was was certainly one of those at the ford water company well said mate well said i think um, um, i think I, I can i can add something as well just to it to his legacy as well because obviously i wasn't really around in, in that time kind, kind of ryan was describing there when when uh, he was so when richard parry jones was so big in, in the ford motor company and stuff like that it was before my time as a journalist but even you know, after that role and, you know, in his consultancy days later on, he was still like, lobbying for for rallying, you know, at, at various like government levels and stuff like that. You know, he, he was always pushing for, for rallying in the background, big fan of it. And, you know, even even when he didn't necessarily have any sort of uh, need or or sort of there was not going to be any benefit to him to, to, to be working in the background. He was trying to help people and, you know, giving people advice and speaking to the people that he knew and using his connections to, to, to try and help uh, rallying out in various different ways. So, yeah, even even when it wasn't, you know, kind of from a business aspect or, or part of his job, he was still, you know, pushing just as hard in, in his later days when, when he was running his consultancy business and stuff like that. So, you know, a real, uh, a real advocate of the sport and someone who... Um, you know, it might have been working behind the scenes in, in, in recent years, but someone who will definitely be missed. Well said, well said. And boys, that is the end of episode one for, 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 for you guys anyway. We're going to go to a little break shortly. We've got Keaton Williams fresh from uh, being sat alongside Josh McAuley over on the Olympus Rally. And then we're going to finish with uh, with our boy in JWRC, or our man in JWRC now, is, uh, is John Armstrong. So boys, same time, same place next week for you guys, obviously. And folks, we'll be back after this break. This is Absolute Rally. Absolute Rally continues to be partnered by the Kielder Works team, who remain fully committed to the sport and are pioneers of the latest technology. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for all forms of competitive action. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. Thanks to the boys at the top of the podcast there. As mentioned, um, coming into the break, we were going to have, uh, we, we, well, we were going to have Keaton Williams, who, who sat alongside Josh McElhaney uh, on the Olympus Rally last weekend. He's back into reality. He's back into not knowing what day it is. So welcome back to Absolute Rally again, by the way, Keaton. Thank you, Tony. Thanks for having me on again. No, listen, it, it's, it's great to have you fresh from jet lag and getting back from the States. First, first and foremost, I'll play a cruel trick on you. Do you know what day it is? Uh, no. No, that's all right. That's proper jet lag. 
Love it. Yeah, Right. So this was uh, obviously you've been with Josh for a while now, but this this whole American adventure. How did this come about? You know, is this was this always on the cards for this year? Um, no, it kind of come about the last few months, really. Like, um, obviously, it's a big year ahead for for Josh and I, and um, we needed some uh, some testing beforehand. And as you know, with the current situation in the world, there's not a lot happening over in Europe. Um, and the opportunity come along um, through John Gordon, who played uh, a big part in Motorsport Island and the whole program around Josh. And um, there was an opportunity where you know we can get into a car into America. Um, like John obviously lives over in America, so the um, the whole rally was quite easy for us to get to, kind of thing. Um, he, he sorted all the travel documents out, and like I said, the car was already over there. So it was just kind of putting the puzzle together, and and you know, it, it, thankfully, it, it all come off. With regards to um, going over to the states, you know, it's. Uh, how different, I suppose, is it from somebody that's kind of grown up doing, you know, British Championship? Okay, you've been doing some events in Europe and stuff, obviously, quite recently as well. Just, just how far removed is it from the norm for you? Um, to be honest, like it's it's a strange place to go to do a rally kind of thing because mainly like um, we're in Europe and all you see on the press is Europe, but America has kind of got its own little thing going on. Um, and to be honest, when we got there, it was no different than doing it in the other rally. Um, you know, the people were super friendly. The event was well run. So, um, and the stage is kind of represented like Wales in like a Kilda area. Um, so, like the actual rally in the field wasn't wasn't too different kind of thing. Okay. Um, so we kind of made it better for us, really, because you know we weren't like alienated as such. But, did it, um, did, 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 is it one of those kind of and I, I know obviously that we, we, we cater for very much the hardcore rally fan uh, on this podcast but equally I think we've got some casuals as well and and we all realise what, what, what values that some of the guys you know who may not be um, out and out rally drivers and, and where, I'm, where I'm alluding to here uh, when you're kind of going into a you know you're queuing to go into control and there's, there's Ken Block and Travis Pastrana in front of you who are these kind of household names for various reasons outside of rallying is that a bit of a weird surreal moment when you're doing the selfie at the end on the on the podium and things like that is that one of those pinchy moments yeah definitely it's definitely one for the you know for the scrapbook and such um, but I think like once you kind of take away the media and everything you know they are two normal guys and they gave us more than enough time to have a good chat in between stages and stuff and um, you know they were asking a lot of questions about us as we were about them you know so it's um, it was great to kind of be with them and it's um, you know it's great for the, for the PR for me and Josh um, and, our, and our program this year but um, but now like I said they were, they were two great guys um, and they were I know having a bit of banter before and so it's, it kind of makes it a bit easier on us good stuff do you think uh, you know, obviously, we know the world's been turned upside down, you know, for everything outside of rallying as well. But the American Championship has kept going. Do you see, you know, do you see this now as a place? Because obviously, Callum Devine was over there as well. He had a bit of a, a, a tough time, we know. But um, do you see this as is, is now is serious opportunities for for people to go rallying? Is is is, is basically to take up these events? Yeah, I hope so. Like it's like with anything, you know, you've got to kind of go where the where the events are going. Um, and the um, I was talking to a lot of the organisers over there, and you know they want the Europeans to go there. They want to bring a, a strong championship back to America. Um, and I think having Subaru there was such a big presence. Um, obviously, McKenna Motorsport have got such a such a big team and like a wealth of cars. And I, like the opportunity is building. 
Um, obviously, logistically, it's not the easiest rider to go and do. Um, but if you want to do it, um, you know, in, instead of a European rally, like what's going on with the pandemic and stuff, it's, it's brilliant. And like the event, the whole the whole um, experience is just fantastic. And I can't I can't knock any of it. Brilliant. Well, that's that, that's really positive to hear. With regards to you know, is it still the two pass recce that they rule they have over there? No, we, had, we actually had an open pass recce, so we actually okay. managed to do the, uh, the stages three times. So, um, oh, good for you! Yeah, it, was, it was quite a long day, but it was uh, it was worth it in the end. So, so how many how, how many miles of stages did you end up doing on, on that event then? It was hundred and uh, hundred forty miles, but okay. um, one of the stages actually got cancelled, so um, we lost twenty miles there. So, um, but like this, the stages are just fantastic out there. Like they're um, they're so fast, and like where where he would have like a, a chicane on the on the fast long straights, it, it's literally just flat to the mat over there. Um, and uh, like I said, it was kind of mixed between Wales. Like some some stages are quite flowy and technical, and others are just um, open wide, like almost like a motorway kind of thing. Wow. Um, so yeah, unreal. So what's up next, mate? What what are you guys up to next? What's the what's the year looking like? Uh, just well, as everyone probably saw, like obviously it's always got cancelled with um, VRC. So uh, I imagine it could be Portugal next. Um, I'm not sure. It, it literally just it's, it's like as it was last year. It's one day at a time because you know last year we obviously thought that the pandemic would be over by now, but. Unfortunately, it's still um, still evident, um, so it doesn't make planning any easier. Like everyone's in the same boat, kind of thing. Um, but we just we just see what happens. Hopefully, um, you know we'll have something lined up pretty soon. But um, I dare say we'll be out of the car much this year, so it's, it's looking positive so far. Is there any is, is there any plans to do stuff closer to home, or is it, do you think it is going to be RC and maybe some maybe even some more American stuff? Uh, I'm not sure to be honest. Um, I'd like to think so. We could do some for the BRC kind of thing because it's kind of where it all began for me and Josh. And it'd be good to try and you know come back and do do a few events and um, and yeah, just uh, do something other else than, than the European stuff. Um, but like I said, it's uh, I'm not too sure. I'd like to think so, yeah. but we'll have to just uh, see how time prevails kind of thing. Well, you got to spray champagne with 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 some some superstars you got to do a rally and you got to fly home to go back to work all in the space of 72 hours so um mate i'm gonna i'm gonna let you get back in, in, into real world life and, and finally wake up but i just wanted to just grab you say well done for your podium on the olympus rally and uh, hopefully we'll catch up soon okay yeah that's brilliant thank you Tony. keaton thanks so much for joining us on absolute rally this week folks we're gonna go to a little break and we come back with jwrc winner john armstrong Hey everyone, this is John Desborough, commentator and presenter on the World Rally Championship. I'm hoping you've seen my debut novel, Breaking Point. If you haven't, check it out on eBay. It's a roller coaster ride of deceit and blackmail from a golden age of the WRC. And like a good rally, it starts fast and gets faster. Breaking Point, by me, John Desborough, on eBay now for $7.99. Welcome back to the final section of Absolute Rally. And as I mentioned at the top, our, our, our man in JWRC, we, we mentioned we had him on the other week, but <laughs> we were never not going to get him back where we actually won at the weekend. John Armstrong, welcome back, mate. Hello, Tony, and uh, hello to all the listeners. It's nice to be uh, back so soon again with uh, <laughs> a good result to my name. Listen, right, I was watching it over the weekend, and I'm not going to go through it stage by stage and da-da-da-da-da-da, because that, 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 that's... That, that's not that. That's not that exciting as far as I'm concerned. 
what I found really interesting from you, John, and I don't want to put words in your mouth here, is that there was definitely an element of, um, I reckon, and you can shoot me down here by all means, because the boys would if they were here. I reckon three years ago, I think you would have chased this too hard and either broke it or stuck it off somewhere. I think yeah. your patience at the weekend showed a maturity, uh, perhaps that belies your years a little bit at the moment. Yeah, I think that's probably a, a fair assessment. Um, you know, I tried to to learn from all my mistakes in, the, in previous years where I've got the chance at that level, and uh, yeah, with with having had that big accident in in Sweden 2020, I um, felt like you know I needed to just get to the the finish of this first rally of the year and you know try and just settle into driving at that level again and get a feel for the car and the conditions and with the new co-driver with uh, Phil Hall and just so many different aspects that were quite new to me but I think everything that I've been doing in preparation and and with me and Phil just trying to do the best we can it all sort of worked and it felt very professional and uh yeah i was just getting through the first um day just picking my way through and trying not to do anything stupid and then saturday um we got into a position where we were in the lead and uh once i once i got a sniff of that um my my instincts came back to just try and do as much as i could to 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 achieve the win and uh yeah we were able to do it well you use that term at stage end i've got my mojo back where do you think it's been <laughs> it's hard to say isn't it because um my last full year of of rallying was 2016 which is you know over four years ago now and uh yeah i've only done I think it was two and a bit rallies and before um, before uh, Rally Croatia and someone had put up uh, a scene on Instagram that that equated to like 22 stages or something. So I haven't been doing that much in recent years, but it just felt like everything started to come back to me on that, on that Saturday loop. And uh, it was just so nice to be in the battle again and fighting at the front of a proper championship with very quick drivers. And I felt like I was doing my own my own thing and focusing on myself and uh you know I didn't feel like I was over going to, I didn't I never felt like I was going to go beyond my comfort zone and I just stuck to that and it paid off and uh yeah it was it was quite the weekend it well I think as understatements go I think that's 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 epic but what you know i i I kind of always joke about this and you it does feel like you've been around forever and i think you know rightly or wrongly i think somebody i think it was a blessing you know former former top dog i I thought gerald quinn made a reference on on social media today with regards to yourself and obviously the 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 relevance of esports and stuff like that and you know, I couldn't help. I tweeted him back, and Jared, of course, being being on the program, lovely guy, and, and and you know, proper rally man and stuff. But you know, I think there's almost there's almost a generation that probably now we recognise you just as much for for for, for the esports stuff as well as now kind of coming back into this. But I've known you for nearly ten years, so 
you know, esports didn't, <laughs> that didn't exist 10 years ago when we were in our Fiesta STs, mate. <laughs> I know, yeah, that's you, it. We, we used to race against, or rally against each other um, back in 2012, yeah. um, whenever I was 17. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you're quite right. I think, you know, people are as educated as, as they, they want to be. Of course, I think Jared obviously knows I, I rallied before esports and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't shy away from, from embracing that either. You know, I think it's great that, um, I've been a, a rally driver then turned to esports whenever I wasn't doing as much real rallying, um, became a champion at that and now I'm back, um, winning in, in, uh, real life. So yeah, it's, uh, it's just nice to 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 show everyone that I am a proper rally driver and that I can compete at this level again. And uh, you know, I'm very focused on trying to achieve achieve what I believe I can achieve. And um, you know, I think in Croatia we we sh- we showed how professional we can be and our, how good our approach can be. And yeah, now I just need to keep. Uh, improving and focusing on areas where I need to to be better but um yeah overall really happy and for sure I think it's it's brilliant to inspire you know the younger generation through through the gaming side of things that you know if you're good at uh at uh, dirt rally 2.0 then you can you can make it all the way as a real rally driver too yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Portugal up next for you guys. You you've done Portugal, haven't you, before? You've done some yeah. rally, yeah. I was just going to say, is it was it the Iberia Cup when you did that? Is that was it a round of that, or have I got that wrong? No, I actually, um, whenever I done the Drive DMAC uh, Fiesta Trophy in 2016, it was the first round of that championship, wow. um, which uh, I think it used it's using some of the same stages this year, like Amarante and you know Faf and and some other stages that I definitely done that year, but. I think the Friday stages are all new to me, but they've been used on on previous um, iterations of Rally Portugal in recent years. So, yeah, I've got some uh, videos that I can study and you know try to get a, a feel for um, what we're going to be driving on. Um, but yeah, Portugal's a really cool rally. It's a uh, it's obviously quite rough in areas, but also. It, it does have quite a nice flow to it. Um, you know, it's a nice sort of medium, medium speed rally, I would say. You know, it's, it's technical in areas and fast in some others, but in general, it's quite a, you know, twisty medium speed rally. And, uh, that's the sort of thing I like on, on gravel. Um, you know, I think it, it, it becomes a little bit more difficult on the higher speed rally especially against some of the caliber that I'm, that I'm driving against this year you know that's where they're Actually, from well, you know what i was going to come to that because you know again you know you, you you've kind of been through the mill a little bit with regards to you know the various kind of junior categories you've just mentioned of course the dmac drive stuff back in 2016 but you know some of these names you know you're looking at looking at them now where do you see you know where do you see you know i suppose the the, the threat to you because you know, at the end of the day, you're only 26, but it feels very much like you're the elder statesman in this this bunch, <laughs> to be honest with you. So, where do you see these young whippersnappers coming after you, John? I suppose is the question. Um, I think, you know, this year, 
is probably the strongest it's been in in many years in terms of the caliber of, of drivers. You know, everyone on the entry list is capable of winning stages and, and winning rallies. Um, but I think um, Sami Pajari was was really fast at, at the weekend on tarmac. Um, perhaps perhaps a little bit too fast. Um, you know, he seems to be absolutely going for it in every corner and, and ready to go off on every corner. But uh, yeah, he's going to be very, very quick across the whole season. So, well, we'll see. You know, I've made a good start. Um, you know, I, I beat uh, Martin Sesks on raw pace at the weekend, which is fantastic considering the, the amount of rallying he's done over the course of the last four or five years. So, it's, it definitely gave me a good confidence boost. Um, I think I can definitely race these guys. You know, uh, I'm just getting back into the flow of things and I can only get better again too because, um, you know, I'm going to get quicker and quicker with the more seat time I have across the season. Uh, and you just get, you know, embedded into the, the series that you're doing. So, it's going to be a good good year, but for sure, I need to keep improving, and I need to really just focus on what what areas I can do better, and just try to be faster. And uh, yeah, I'm going to have to really work hard if I want to win this championship. So back to the day job now, John. Yes, yeah, back to the day job of uh, making rally games, which of course isn't isn't too bad. I swear, uh, it's a tough old world, John. Armstrong lives <laughs> in it. Hey. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, back to you know another very, very busy year, I would say for me. Um, you know, with work and uh, and obviously the commitment to real rallying, it's it's quite full on. But um, you know, it's all very enjoyable and uh, it all fits together. So yeah, it's uh, fantastic. I, I would say I'm I'm living the dream this year. So lot. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll enjoy it as long as it lasts. And so you should, so you should. Listen, mate, congratulations from us all. I just wanted to get you on because you are our man in JWRC. So uh, I better let you off the hook because I know you're a man in demand. So uh, there's probably a whole host of people waiting to speak to you. So uh, <laughs> listen, all our best, mate. Thanks so much for joining us and congratulations again. Cheers, Tony. Thank you. Mate, uh, absolutely superb. John Armstrong joining us there. Uh, folks, that has been our, the return of Absolute Rally for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, um, bring a friend along. Um, you don't have to throw your car keys in. It's, it's not mucky or anything like that. But uh, do bring a friend. Introduce a friend if you haven't already. I'm sure you probably already have. But we are back for the next 10 weeks. And, of course, we've got the epic Kielder quiz. So uh, so stay with us for that. Uh, it even it even stumped our own Ryan champion. That's all I'll say to you. But uh, folks, we'll be back same time, same place. You know, podcast hold next week. Absolute Rally. Powered by the Kielder Works team. Spread the word and download the podcast every week.